Welcome to Nomad Yarners, the yarn truck podcast. We're Erica and Dave, a husband and wife mobile yarn shop owners, bringing you tales from the road, adventures in fiber arts with a little bit of the rest of life thrown in. This is episode 86, recorded the week of August 6th, 2019. Today's segments include What You're Working On, Witty Knit Slash Sponsored Pattern, Colorful Puddles, and Where's Nomads. Sit back, get comfy, and enjoy the show. I'd just like to note at the top of the show, we are recording episode 86 on 86. I'm pretty pleased with that. Um, so, <laughs> so Erica, what have you been working on this week? I don't feel like this has been an overly productive week for me. Um, I've been piddling a little bit. I'm kind of between work commitment knitting and crochet projects. Um, I did a tiny little bit on the crocheted top that I am doing that will be part of a knit along later this month. Um, But I'm at the point where I need to record videos and I haven't had a spare minute to go and do that. Um, So I haven't been able to do much work on that. I picked up an old old knitting project just a personal project for me to work on out of some of my hand spun yarn that I've been working on here and there just a little bit but I have less drive to get personal projects done that are not for work just because they're not on a deadline Um, I also picked up an embroidery project that um, I started ages ago as a like way to refresh myself for the retreat embroidery class that I will be teaching to just kind of practice some basic stitches and get in the groove of embroidery. Um, And it is a gift I had planned to give the uh, childminder who had looked after Poppy and Rowan for a couple of months while we were transitioning from the shop to the truck and we needed some extra kid help. Um, But their last day with her was a week ago and I still haven't finished the uh, the gift that was meant for her. So I'm hoping to finish that up in the next few days and uh, get that out to her. She has a display on her wall of all the letter W's in all different ways, or the first letter of her last name. Um, and so I thought an, a little embroidery um, project with the letter W would be a fun addition to that and just a small little thank you. Um, Erica is queen of doing 95% of a project and then uh, putting it down for five years. So. Yep. <laughs> Uh, So I am exactly on brand with that, um, with this piece, Uh, but I am very close to done, and she got the kids cute little, like, books with matching stuffed animals, and so I really want them to write her a thank you note and me to get this um, and just drop it off for her uh, sometime here in the next week is my goal with that. So I made a little bit of progress on that again. Um, I also have been... Uh, working on the next round of Learn to Knit Kit bags. Um, We switched gears when I started doing the Learn to Knit Kit packaging. I was going to be um, reusing grain bags from the local microbrewery. However, the washing of those bags to make them uh, ready to put yarn into was so time-consuming that that became an unmanageable project. So I have now been sewing bags out of um, reused sort of cloth um, that I am getting either out of my own stash, things that I am not going to use for anything else, um, or from ReCraft, the recycled crafting material place um, in Indianapolis that we really like. Um, So I need to 
get to sewing those bags, I can just put that fabric in the washer and dryer and have that ready to cut to size and do quick a quick row of stitching on. Um, and it is much easier for me to keep up with that rather than hand washing the bags 7,000 times. And there's a nice added little bonus that they then get a project bag um, yep. to put their piece in when they're working rather than the kind of stiff envelope. Um, so it's a nice little added added value. Yep, that's the plan. Um, I've also started playing a little tiny bit. We went to a um, like archit or not architectural yeah, salvage. It was, it was, it was architects and designers. Yeah. They're kind of unneeded materials, uh, just of like a free day to go and look through and pick up anything that you could use. Mostly like sample books and. Um, yeah kind of small amounts of materials for that. So I had picked up a stack of like 50 uh, swatches of um, furniture fabric, what upholstery fabric, um, that were in good sizes to make little pouches. Um, and I had picked up a big packet of zippers like five years ago because I really wanted to practice sewing in zippers because it scares me. And I believe that the only way to get better at something in crafting that you're not any good at is to do it a bunch of times. Um, so I have started sewing those zippers in um, to get more comfortable sewing in zippers, uh, but I've done like one and a half of them. So not very many, but I'm working on it. They're looking really cute. You're doing a good job. Yep, they're fun. Um, they do have like paper glued onto them as part of like the label for what the upholstery fabric was, and it's very hard to get that off. So I am calling these like labelable bags. Like you just write right on the paper whatever you want to write on them because I can't get the paper to come off. <laughs> <laughs> And Dave, what have you been working on this oh, week? Oh, it's me already. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I've been doing little tiny bits and bobs. I've done a tiny bit of spinning. Um, I switched out my loom uh, with the local loom maker uh, for something that had a like his newer style uh, heddle on it. And I got a loom stand for it as well. So I've cut some warp, but I haven't actually warped it yet. I did direct warping last time where I pulled the thread or the yarn still connected to the ball of yarn uh, through the heddle um, to warp it. And then when you're done, you've got it half, like you have two strands through each slot and no strands through the holes. Um, and so you take one out of the slot and put it through the hole next to it. Is it called direct warping? Um, but it means you have to have the whole loom set up and do all the warping in one go in a space big enough to do that in, which the only space in our house is kind of the dining room. Um, the last time that I did it, I had a whole like four hour chunk with no kids, um, where that was the only project I was trying to do, but that doesn't happen very often at all. Like that's the first time in three years that that's happened. Um, so I am trying indirect warping this time where I cut the warp threads all to the length that I want them to be. Um, and then I can warp it up sort of sitting at the table, um, in a little bit shorter amount of time that doesn't involve being stretched across the whole dining room. So that's what I'm doing with weaving. Okay. Well, I've been dyeing up the Retreat um, Special Edition yarn. That's all finished, uh, dyed, dried, and wound. Um, and I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, I'll be talking about that in my Colorful Puddle segment today. I like it. There's a lot of like bluey, greeny, teal, which is my favorite color. Um, I'm starting to look into events uh, where we're going to take the yarn truck in the fall and winter. Um, so if you do have any ideas of places you'd like to see us, uh, like Christmas craft markets, um, just kind of interesting fairs and festivals from October to kind of December, January, um, do send us a message on our Facebook or on our website. Um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we always like to be kind of a little bit further afield. We have some things coming up. Um, we have been working on uh, um, uh, 
a bit more on the retreat. So the retreat is coming up September 28th and 29th. Um, we do still have a few spaces. We would love you to come along. Um, we also have an announcement that's going to be coming out on our social media in the next few days too. Uh, Bethany, who owns Recraft, is going to be coming along to be our assistant for the weekend. So you'll have another um, local craft store owner, an uh, absolutely fantastic person, we really like Bethany, uh, coming along and helping us out. So you can come and meet her and she'll be there to help with all kinds of things. Um, I have also from her, um, she found a, um, a liquor store um, display um, in a thrift store. It's a giant tentacle that was used to advertise the um, Spice Rum Kraken. Um, and I'm going to be painting that up for her um, in really giant, crazy wild colors. Giant, like it's six feet tall. Yeah, this is giant. a six, seven foot tall piece. Um, so she's going to have that as a display in her store. So I'm painting that up. Uh, we did go and actually host a pop-up at her store this weekend. So I was teaching... Uh, some fabric dyeing. We did some cold water fabric dyeing um, with dyes and fabric she'd had donated. And then we did some natural uh, fiber dyeing as well, just like wools and alpaca, that kind of stuff with yarn that she'd been donated and ends of dye um, mixes I had in my studio. So that was all using waste as well. And, and this were... recraft is a, like a sustainable, you donate craft supplies that you no longer need. And then you can purchase craft supplies there for very, very economic prices. Um, and she is very focused on sustainability and reusing things. Um, and so that's why that was our focus with our dyeing classes when we were there. So we, um, we taught those, those were free classes with donations to her food bank. Um, so yeah, we had good fun doing those. Had a good weekend there, saw some new faces, which was real fun. Um, Gen Con was in town this last week. So we had a few people coming in from the convention as well. So it's always good to see um, some faces from out of town. Um, in my miniatures painting studio, I finished up all of my deadlines until Basically, I don't really have anything that's pressing until the end of the year. So I'm just taking a step back. I'm going to finish the things that I was behind on. I've been cleaning out my studio. So Erica has been uh, talking the last couple of weeks about cleaning up her side of our studio. Mine is starting to get there. It's it's looking a lot less crazy. It <laughs> is. Um, it, was, it was just, you couldn't really walk in the door from the mess. So that is getting to a point where I'm going to be happy with it and, and sitting there, I'm going to actually spend a little while doing some projects I'm enjoying, like doing this giant tentacle and painting some models for me and doing a couple of display pieces for um, some kind of good local customers and friends. Um, I've been out mowing the lawn today, finally, for the first time in forever. It's been um, it's been a crazy summer this year, so we are happy to having uh, lots and lots of tomatoes and peppers and stuff off of our plants. But if our food plants are growing, that means everything else is growing too. We're not the greatest about keeping up with lawn mowing. We do have three acres, so it takes a little while to get it done. Um, in the kitchen this week, we are still trying to work on this, uh, cutting the meat out. We tried some new other things. Uh, we tried some faux chicken patties yesterday. Those were good. Those like were good. instead of a chicken sandwich, just had the like soy based protein um, patty with Dave made a special like a Chipotle yogurt it sauce. Sriacha and sour cream. Oh. And then I loaded it up with some salad vegetables and 
one of these patties on the top. And if honestly, if you told me it was a chicken or a, like a turkey burger, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. So was that was that tasty. was a happy find. Yep. Um, we've also um, got as a promotion some chickpea pasta. So we're going to try that out so we can make some kind of pasta dishes that have a little bit more protein in. So we'll give that a go too. And edamame in soy sauce is becoming a like kid snack favorite. Um, so I do like to give them some protein um, for, for all of their snacks because they would eat fruit until it came out their eyeballs and nothing else. Um, so frozen yeah, fruit, edamame noodles. <laughs> that goes uh, in the microwave within a little dash of soy sauce on top. And both kids seem to really like that to the point where they will eat the edamame that's just straight out of the freezer. So uh-huh. that's been going pretty well. Yep. Um, and yeah, we've just been relaxing for a little bit. We got our final Kickstarter kits out um, for... Uh, there's there's one more that needs to go out, which is our Learn to Crochet kit coming out in September. We're nearly finished on that, and we only had one or two backers add that on at the very end as it was just unlocked. So we'll be working on that. The main part of the Kickstarter is all gone, all out. The new Cirrus yarn is out on the truck. Erica's going to be talking about um, actually how she designed that piece and... Um, about the yarn in our sponsored conversation. So, without further ado, let's go to some witty knits. So this week is going to be all about our new pattern that's out uh, because I am very, very pleased with how it came out. Uh, So this was a pattern that I designed specifically to work with our newest hand-dyed yarn, Cirrus. And this is a 660 660 yards, 8 ounces of sport weight. Um, So there's really good yardage in just one ball of it. So I wanted to... It's 100% alpaca. I wanted to do a pattern that would use nearly all of that yarn, but not so much that you were in danger of running out and needing to buy another ball for like five yards. Um, so I did have a reasonable sized ball left over at the end. Um, I think there's probably enough to make a kid hat out of what was left. Yeah, it's maybe um, an ounce or so. I'm looking at the ball now. Yep. Um, and I really enjoyed knitting lace with a sport weight yarn. Um, that's, I think it's a nice, um, either an introduction to lace if you haven't done much lace knitting before, um, or if you have, but you just want to see progress a little bit faster. Um, so it is uh, sport weight yarn is like two steps thicker than a standard lace weight, which just means your project is going to grow a lot faster. Um, it's a little bit easier to see what you're doing um, and do that fabric fabric manipulation. Um, so I really like um, a little bit thicker yarn to do lace with. I just think it works works up nicely. Um, this particular shawl is a different, uh, sort of style and shape than I had ever done before. So I did several like little test squares of it to practice and make sure, um, that I was truly understanding how the shaping was going to work before I cast on my, my whole big project. Um, but this is a center out rectangular shawl. So that means you cast on, and I chose to use Judy's magic cast on, um, when you cast on in the center, I cast on about 80 stitches, um, but you need 80 stitches on one side and 80 stitches on the other side. So if you think about like the toe of socks, if you're casting on toe up socks, you're going to need to use a cast on style that accomplishes that same thing so that you have live loops like right next to each other, parallel to each other in the center of your shawl. Um, So I used Judy's Magic Cast On, which is my preferred cast on method for toe up socks as well. Um, And then the technique that I use to create the rectangular shape, there's a couple of different 
different ways that you can make a rectangular shape. Um, but what I chose to do was I put four stitch markers, one in each of the corners, and then I did almost like a raglan increase at each of those stitch markers where you increase one stitch on either side of each of the stitch markers. And you do that increase every other row. So you're adding one stitch on each side of the four stitch markers for eight stitches total added. And then you're doing one row where you don't add any stitches. And then you're doing another row where you add one stitch on each side for eight stitches total. Um, trying to decide if the massive crashes are demolition or children. The demolition noises, there's beeps going with them too. Okay. Um, well, it makes crashing noises, but it doesn't generally beep. <laughs> So that was the, the basic premise of how I was creating the rectangular shape um, for this shawl. And then the rest of the design was just about plugging in stitch patterns that worked with the stitch count that was on my needles for each given row. Um, and I have several lace patterns that I really enjoy doing. I like the, the actual knitting of them and I like the way they look. And so I tend to use a couple um, of different lace stitch patterns tend to be my go-to anytime I'm, I'm putting lace into something. So those were the ones that I used. Um, I like the um, yarn over center double decrease yarn over and then knit three and then you alternate um those so those stack up to create little um like i almost think they look like little bubbles um so i did that as the sort of basic in the center part and then i um the the second uh the second lace pattern i switched about halfway out through the shawl to have a like a lace column and then a cable column and then the final uh section around the edging every other of the cables carried through onto the edging and the middle one sort of dropped out to create a bigger, more open lace section there. Um, I really liked the way that this came out. I really enjoyed designing it. This was the first time that I feel like I've really done a true like lace design um, where I was really like working with the charts and playing and figuring out how to make one lace pattern merge into this into the next one sort of seamlessly and have a nice transitional look to it. It's um, really interesting look. It's it's got a kind of structural kind of appearance to it with those cables that run all the way down. Makes a really kind of interesting bold piece rather than something that's super super airy, which seems to work really well with the sport weight yarn. Uh, it is a lace piece, but with the slightly thicker yarn, that slightly heavier alpaca, the more kind of structural look with those cables really goes well with the yarn. So you did a good job. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and there are, so this pattern is one of our original designs, um, Nomad Original Patterns on Ravelry. We have over a hundred designs. Um, and this is one of our new style designs that include video tutorials. So there are eight video tutorials um, that go along with this pattern um, that will walk you through, especially the like the cast on in the very first row where you put your stitch markers in. I think watching that video would be of benefit um, to anybody who hasn't done this style of center out shawl before. Um, if you're a super experienced knitter and you're um, you're keen to give it a go, I I absolutely think you could do it just from the written pattern. But I think the majority of people would probably benefit from watching. It's like a 12 minute video or something. 
something where I do the cast on and the first row to put the stitch markers in. Um, so you can watch that. Um, and all of our videos are hosted on our YouTube channel. So even if you're trying to decide if you want to buy the pattern, you can watch the videos either way um, to see if my teaching style is something that's going to click for your brain. So you can check those videos out um, and do check out our YouTube channel. I post all of the videos for all of our patterns that have those video tutorials in them. Um, and they may be useful to you even if you're doing other projects. I do like Kitchener stitch videos and different styles of cast-ons and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and I try to video every time I block a piece just because I think blocking is an unappreciated aspect of knit and crochet that I think more people should do because it makes a big difference. Um, we are doing a discount for the pattern for our launch week this week. Um, you can get the pattern half price, so it's a $5 pattern normally. You can get it for $2.50 um, if you use the coupon code light as a cloud. Light as a cloud. Yes, spaces, but no capitals. Light as a cloud. Um, you can also use this coupon code if you are going to order on our online store, if you're going to order one of these kits. Um, if you just order the skein of yarn in the color that you want of Cirrus, we will upgrade it to a kit, so we'll include the pattern um, for free. Uh, if you type that same coupon code into the notes section. So if you want the kit, just order the ball of yarn, um, type that coupon code into the notes section, and we will upgrade you to a kit before we mail it out. Yeah, and we've you had can... some issues on with our online store uh, accepting online coupon codes. So to make sure that you're going to get it, just order the skein of yarn, type light as a cloud into the notes section, and we will make sure that you get what you want. Yep. Um, and we are going to do the same thing on the truck. So if you tell us um, any time in the next two weeks that we're out on the truck, um, you can let us know you heard about this as our sponsored pattern, and we will upgrade you um, to your kit for the price of just the yarn. Um, so we are going on vacation after our last event on August 17th. So you have until August 17th to use that. When we get back from vacation, it's... Um, it's all over. We're doing um, the regular price for the regular kit. price uh, yeah. afterwards. Okay, so that was our sponsored pattern and witty knits segment. Let's go ahead and move into the dye studio for Dave's colorful puddles. Okay, I wanted to talk a little bit this week about dyeing the yarn for our full retreat. So every retreat go will get a limited edition skein of a new base. I've been doing this every year and it's been real popular. So this year I've designed a brand new yarn. It's yet unnamed for the colorway, but I chose a really interesting base for this. We picked a blue face Lester. Uh, Which is a sheep yarn. breed. Blue face Lester, just like Merino is a breed of sheep. Blue face Lester is a breed of sheep as well. It's often abbreviated BFL and some people say Biffle. Um, <laughs> that made anyone just, say that. Rachel, Rachel says that. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Rachel, if you listen. Um, but I think it should catch on because it's funny. Um, I always think it sounds like a cheese, blue face Lester. Maybe a little bit, um, but it is a hard wear, a little bit harder wearing. It's so you're going to say it's a hard cheese. <laughs> 
This is not actually a cheese. Um, it is a little bit harder wearing yarn than a merino would be. Um, it's a little bit longer staple length, but it's still definitely a next to skin soft uh, sheep breed. Yeah, it feels really silky smooth. I was very impressed with it when I was dyeing the space. So this is a blue face Leicester with Donegal. Uh, Donegal is the little tweed speckles that you get, it's a traditional way of tweeding a yarn. So the base itself was a very kind of light grey off-white sort of colour. It was a really interesting shade. So I wanted to use a dye method that was going to show some of that through and really kind of use the richness of the base to add some interest to the yarn colour. It also has that Donegal going through it, which is a, a kind of dark grey to black and brown, so very natural colours Donegal. So I wanted to choose a dye method that was really going to show off those uh, those two colours from the base without overpowering it. Uh, the other thing I needed was some inspiration. So we've been hosting our retreat now at Jameson Camp. Uh, this will be our fifth year there. And we've been really pleased with it. It was somewhere Erica went um, as a summer camp as a kid. Um, and it's just, it's about 10 minutes from where the store used to be. It's back in the woods, uh, basically very close to Indianapolis, but you wouldn't really know you're very close. Very nice facilities there, really beautiful uh, grounds to be at. So we've been really, really pleased with them. They've been fantastic to work with. So we thought, well, what better thing to do than do something that inspires us from the camp? So we kind of looked at some ideas around. Uh, we thought about using the kind of red bricks from the buildings or full leaf kind of colours. But the last couple of times uh, for the retreat, I, I've done kind of autumnal shades for the for the hand dye, so I wanted to do something a bit different. So we looked at the Jameson Camp logo, which is a beautiful kind of turquoise, kind of very light blue colour gradient uh, with a silhouette of a kid reaching for a star and uh, black kind of tree trunk silhouettes uh, overlaid over the top of it. So there was that very kind of light blue turquoise kind of robin's egg colour with that little splash of black against it and with the black kind of colour and the natural kind of brown that was already in the Donegal that seemed like a good way to go to add some depth from that logo in. So I decided to do these as a kettle dye. Um, it's a good way to go to get a kind of light colour um, yarn using that immersion method. It's much easier to get that light colour to kind of penetrate through and give you some interesting kind of depth to a light a light colour um, than trying to uh, like hand paint it on. You won't necessarily get this, the colour to kind of saturate and set properly how you want it to. So I set this up, I immersed the skeins in a very low concentration bath of the deep aqua from um, Jacquard. Um, this was such a low concentration that I knew all of the dye was going to set. So that dye bath was going to go to completion. And that means your water's clear at the yeah, end. So it starts off like a dark, dark teal. And when you're finished dyeing the skein, the water's clear. And this was, it, it almost looked like swimming pool water. I mean, it, it was... Okay, super, it wasn't a super dark. Super light blue. Um, so what that did, it, it added basically a very light blue tone, almost like a, a very light glaze over that beautiful kind of soft grey off-white colour of the yarn base. And it also didn't overpower those darker colours from the Donegal, so it gave me a good base to work from. 
Um, and in the finished scan, you even see some of that gray comes through where the, the dye, there was so little of it in that bath that it just gave you some of that gray. So, gray. so it goes from that off-white to the very light blue on the background. Really think like if you've ever seen a, a, like a robin's egg or a light blue bird egg with the speckles, it looks almost exactly like that. Um, and then I wanted to add some depth in like the gradient in the picture. So I used some turquoise and added that in a low amount again. I used a very small amount in my dye bath Tip that in one end of the kettle dye baths. So when I lay the skeins out in the baths, I make sure they're all kind of facing the same um, direction. They're all set up in the same way. So when they add that extra color to the speckle, to the kettle dye, and the trick with kettle dyeing is not moving your yarn around to get that variation. So you add colors at different spots in the bath. And as that kind of soaks in and penetrates through the fiber, and moves about by itself, you get those colors blend together. So I added turquoise at one end. Now I wanted to give a nod to that silhouette too. So I used a very small amount of a true black, especially a slightly reddish black, which works well with the blue because it will look deeper over the top of that um, base color. So I added a very small amount of that at the other end. And as that kind of broke up and patched and, and blended together with the other colors, it kind of really works really well with that dark gray kind of brown Donegal. Um, so it looks like that black is almost continuously speckled throughout. And then uh, set that up and we have made enough skeins for every single person coming to the retreat and there will be a couple of spares. Um, so stay tuned, we might do a promotion uh, as it comes close to the retreat to maybe win one of those. We'll see how many we have left over. Sounds good. So those are all lined up. I'm sure Eric is going to take a picture of those in the next few days and put it up on our social media. Yep, and we are super active on Facebook and Instagram. We're just Nomad Yarns on both of those. Um, and you can find all of our information as well on our website, nomadyarnshop.com, including the link to our online store, which has all of the hand-dyed yarns that Dave has been talking about, um, although it does not have the special retreat yarn that is only available if you come to our retreat. That will be in everybody's goodie bags, um, and that colorway will never be repeated. Um, we may, Dave really liked the base. Yeah, so I really like the base. We might bring that back again. Yep, um, but it won't be in the, in the retreat-specific color. We always like to do some fun stuff that's just for retreat goers. So if you are interested in the retreat, go and check it out at store.nomadyarnshop.com. There's also an option to book a place on the retreat uh, for a $50 non-refundable deposit. Um, and then we'll invoice you in September um, for the remainder. If you want to make sure you get a spot before they all go, but you, um, you're not able to pay for the whole thing right now. Um, so do check that out. As I said, we have a, a limited number of spaces left. We would love to fill up this year. We've had a, a big response um, and it would be great to see some more faces. And the last thing we're going to tell you about today is where's Nomads? Where are we going to be up through August 12th? 17th. 17th is when we are going to be off on our second vacation of the summer. Um, after not taking any vacations for nine years, we're really going nuts this summer as so we have a little bit more flexibility with our schedule now. So on Wednesday, that's tomorrow, Erica will be in Greencastle for our regular monthly Greencastle day. And you'll be at Myers Market starting at... Three until five, and then at Vosser Brewing from 5.30 until eight. So come and say hi there. 
Then Saturday the 10th, we'll be at Montrose Farm Alpaca Ranch up in Brownsburg. At midday, um, we will be opening up there and going till four. Midday till noon, I will be teaching a uh, alpaca something's uh, farm. Gone, something's gone wrong with your time. You said midday till noon. Try again. On Saturday the 10th, we'll be at Montrose Farm Alpaca Ranch. We will be there midday until four. Um, and at noon, I will be starting an alpaca fiber dyeing class. Um, you can sign on to that class by calling us or Laurie at Montrose. Um, and we'll be doing that for a couple of hours and we'll continue the pop-up shop afterwards. And the farm will be there for you to look around and go and meet some of the alpacas too. It's so. a very neat farm. If you have not ever seen it and you are in that neck of the woods, I would highly recommend. This is a great opportunity to see the farm and meet a local fiber producer um, and see the yarn truck at the same time. Wednesday the 14th, we will be in Plainfield for the farmer's market again, uh, 4 till 7 p.m. So come and see us there. On Friday the 16th, we will be at Bloomington Stitchery um, for their evening event there. I believe that's five until eight. Um, that's their regular weekly um, sit and knit club that they run. So we'll be there, Bloomington Stitchery on 3rd Street in Bloomington. And then Saturday the 17th, the last event for now, we'll be at Market on the Penzi in Irvington from 10 till 4. Uh, so come and see us at all of those events. And um, we'll see you again after vacation. Yep. We'll look forward to saying howdy to you wherever you find the truck. Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Ravelry, and our website, knowmyjarchop.com. And remember, in crafting and in life, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.